Little Johnny's mother looked out the window and she saw Johnny playing church with the cat. He had that that cat quietly sitting and Johnny was preaching to the cat. And of course, she smiled. What about her work? A while later, she heard some terrible sounds. It was the sounds of meowing and hissing. And she went to the window and looked out and she noticed that Johnny was baptizing that cat in the tub of water. And she yelled out, Johnny, stop that. That cat is afraid of water. And little Johnny looked at her and said, he should have thought about that before he joined my church. <laughs> Robert Morgan has a little book out called Simple. The Christian life doesn't have to be complicated. He tells about the time, the very first time that he conducted a baptismal uh, service and did a baptism. He said, I clearly remember the first time I officiated a baptism. The mountain church I was pastoring didn't have a baptistry, so we usually went down to the river. But in cold weather, we asked a neighboring church to let us use its baptistry. A couple had joined our congregation wanting to be baptized, and it was the winter of 1977. So we joined services with our friends down the road. And during a joint evening service, I baptized my first victim, uh, victim uh, person. He said, I I thought he was a man of average size until he stood beside me in the baptistry where he suddenly seemed much larger. In fact, I was a little shocked at how tall he was, and I wasn't really sure how to go about baptizing him. He said, as as it turned out, I only had one problem. I couldn't get his nose underwater. He said, I pushed him down a time or two, but somehow that nose just wouldn't submerge. He said, I finally gave up, but it has distressed me all these years to know that my first baptismal candidate still has an unbaptized nose. Now, as comical as that is, and it makes us smile, I want you to listen to what he wrote next. He said, one of the things that most intrigues people who visit a local church like ours is this right or ritual of baptism. It's so personal and unusual, yet so public. That those new to church naturally raise their eyebrows. Why would we take someone and plunge them into a vat of water while everyone claps and rejoices? Now, that's the question I want to answer today. We're going to come at this like we're brand new to church. And maybe some here today are. Something we've never heard of in our life. We've never seen a baptismal service. We don't know what this is all about. Just like you came into church for the very first time today. And perhaps you did. Everything's a little bit strange. Everything's a little bit unusual. What's going on here? And then you look up and you see people getting into a big tub of water. And the minister sticks them under the water, pulls them up, and everybody claps and rejoices. And you're thinking, what in the world is this? What is this baptism thing? I want to answer that question today. Now, I think what we have to begin is by saying this. Listen, baptism is not just a Baptist doctrine. It's not just a Baptist doctrine. The late Adrian Rogers, pastor of the long, long time pastor at Bellevue Baptist Church, said this. He said, I'm not speaking about church tradition, but Bible baptism. You might hear someone refer to that Baptist doctrine of baptism by immersion. He says it's not a Baptist doctrine. 
If Baptists have Baptist doctrine, they need to get rid of it. We also need to get do away with Methodist doctrine, Episcopalian doctrine and Roman Catholic doctrine and such and go to what the Bible says. And he's right, beloved. We need to go to the word of God and see what God says about baptism and everything else. So understand, this is not just a Baptist doctrine. It's a Bible doctrine. Now, let's get into the word today and see what God teaches us about this ordinance of baptism. I want you to notice here that baptism is important to us. It's important to us because it's important to Jesus. Open your copy of God's word to Matthew chapter three this morning. If you didn't bring one, there should be one in the pew rack in front of you. Find the New Testament, the very first book and find the third chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible, don't want to turn with me. Just listen as I'm going to read to you. Baptism is important to us because it's important to Jesus Christ. Think about it. Jesus's public ministry lasted three and a half years, right? Now, how did he start his ministry? He started his ministry by being baptized. Look with me in God's word in Matthew chapter three. We'll begin reading at verse 13. Matthew chapter three, verse 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan to John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were open. They were opened unto him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. At the very beginning of Jesus's earthly ministry, he was baptized of John there. Now, fast forward to the end of Jesus's earthly or public ministry. What do we find? We find him commanding baptism. Same book, the book of Matthew, go to the very last chapter there, chapter 28. And we find the words of the Lord Jesus there at the very end of that gospel. And I want you to see what he says. A very familiar passage to many here today, maybe new to some. Matthew 28, the Lord Jesus speaking here, beginning at verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now watch this. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, what's the next word? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now think about this. At the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he submits to baptism. At the very end of Jesus' ministry, he commands the church to go forth, preaching the gospel gospel, and baptizing and teaching those who follow Jesus. Now, of course, Jesus' baptism, it was not done to show that his sins were forgiven. He never sinned. It wasn't to show that he had been saved. He, He didn't need to be saved. He's the Savior. He had no sin. 
He was setting an example for us. Or as one author pointed out, Jesus dramatized. He pictured in water at the beginning of his ministry what he's going to do at the end of his ministry. He would die, he'd be buried, and he'd rise again. Now listen, baptism is not man's idea. It's not man's idea. It's not even just a good idea. Baptism is a command of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if it's important to Jesus, and it is, we've seen that today, don't you think it should be important to us as well? Yes. And you know what? It is. If he placed a priority upon baptism, we ought to place a priority upon it too, and we do. So here's the question. What is baptism all about? Perhaps you're here today and you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, yet you've never submitted to believers' baptism. You might be asking this question in your own heart and mind. Why should I be baptized? If that's you, I'm glad you're here. Because I want to show you from God's word. What do we believe about baptism? As a church, as Red Hill Baptist Church, what do we believe about baptism? Well, I think it's best summarized by looking at our doctrinal statement, the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. Say, wait a minute, preacher. You just said get rid of Baptist doctrine and Methodist doctrine and Roman Catholic doctrine. And now here you come bringing in the Baptist Faith and Message. Now, listen, we need to get rid of all these different denominational doctrines. We need to get back to the word of God. But listen, the Baptist Faith and Message, you know what it is? It's just a summary of what the Bible teaches. Okay, that's all it is. Don't misunderstand. It's a summary of Bible doctrine. And we, we're Baptists. We believe what the Bible teaches. We call it the Baptist faith and message. It's summarized for us. It's, it shouldn't be just exclusive to us. All believers should believe what the Bible says. So what does it say? Well, if you go to Article 7 of our doctrinal statement, there's a little booklet back there on the table. It's called Baptism and the Lord's Supper. Let me just read you what the baptismal part says. Christian baptism. Listen. Is the immersion of a believer in water... In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's an act of obedience, symbolizing the believer's faith in a crucified, buried, and risen Savior. The believer's death to sin, the burial of our old life, and the resurrection to walk in newness of life in Christ Jesus. It's a testimony to his faith and the final resurrection of the dead. And then it says this. Being a church ordinance, it's a prerequisite. It goes before. It must come to pass. It's a prerequisite to the privileges of church membership and the Lord's Supper. Do you understand that? We believe it's so important that before you can be a member here, or before you can even partake of the Lord's Supper, we believe that you should be baptized. Now, why? Well, let's talk about it for a moment. What is baptism? I want to show you very quickly. First of all, it's a step of obedience. It's a step of obedience. First John two, three says, and hereby we do know that we know him. How? If we keep his commandments. We just read in Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Go ye therefore into all the world and all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Ghost, teaching them. Jesus commands baptism. The New Testament believers, they practice baptism. Listen to Acts 2.41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 
Praise God we had all these joined today. We praise God. Imagine 3,000 in one day trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, submitting to baptism, being added to the church. Acts 8, 35 to 38, the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And here's what it says there, beginning at verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached to him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. Now get this down, write it down, big and bold, plain letters. Salvation precedes baptism. Salvation precedes baptism. First, you're saved. First, you trust Jesus. First, you repent of your sins and trust Him as Lord and Savior. Then because you're saved, you submit to believers' baptism. Hear me and hear me well. Baptism does not save. Baptism does not save. Baptism does not save. Did you get it? Does not save. It doesn't add to your salvation. It doesn't complete your salvation. You can go in the water today, a dry, lost sinner, and you'll come out a wet, lost sinner. Baptism does not save. Baptism does not wash your sins away. You say, I got it. I want you to get it. I'm hammering it home today. It does not save. It doesn't wash your sin away. You've been in church any time in your life. You probably sang this song. You've been reminded many, many times. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, not water. It's the same water comes from the same place that goes in your bathtub. Comes from the same place I washed my car with yesterday. There's nothing mystical or magical about the water there. Nothing mystical or magical is going to happen as we baptize people today. In that sense, baptism does not save. It's not essential to salvation. You don't have to be baptized in water to go to heaven. How do you know that? There was a thief on a cross next to Jesus who said, Lord, remember me. And Jesus says today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Never had time to get off the cross and go get baptized. You go to heaven and not be baptized in water. But listen, before we go too far there, I want you to get this straight. That doesn't mean it's not important. That doesn't mean that you can say, well, you know, I don't really care about baptism. Listen, you're wrong. You see, baptism is a step of obedience. When a person is born again, the next step they need to take is believers baptism. It's a step of obedience. Here's what Matthew 10, 32 and 33 says. 
Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. That's strong. You see, baptism is not an option for a child of God. We don't come at the Christian life like we were going to a buffet. When you go to a buffet, you get your plate or some maybe get several plates and you get in line there and you begin to look over what all's there. You say, I like that. I'll have some of that and I'll have some of this. Ooh, I don't like that. I'm not going to skip that. I like that over yonder. That's not the Christian life. You're not coming to a buffet. You're not coming to pick and choose. You can't just say, believe, you know what? That's a little much for me. I, 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 I don't want to get up there in front of all those people. I don't want to get my hair wet. How much I spent on my hair do yesterday at the salon? No, thank you. Listen, Jesus, Christian, Jesus desires for you to be baptized. It's a matter of submission. It's a matter of obedience. It really is that important. That's why you have to be baptized where you can join the local church. That's why we believe you need to be baptized where you can partake of the Lord's Supper. And by the way, just keep this in mind, too. Baptism and church membership, two separate things. Keep that in mind. Two separate things. Now, as we consider this step of obedience, it's important to note that baptism is only for believers. It's only, bef- only for believers. How can a lost person be baptized and identify with Jesus when they don't even know Jesus? They can't. Listen, how can a baby... An infant be biblically baptized. They can't because a child has to be at least old enough to understand they're a sinner. They're lost. They need a savior. Therefore, they place their faith in Jesus Christ and then old enough to understand exactly what baptism is all about. Now, listen, we love babies here at Red Hill. We love them so much. We're adding them just about every week, it seems, aren't we? We love them. We're adding them all the time. We dedicate them to the Lord. We bring them forth with their mom and dad. And we challenge mom and dad. We as a congregation, we stand and say, we'll support them. We'll help them. Want them to be trained and know the Lord and so forth. But we don't baptize them. You know why? Because baptism is only for believers. Now, some might be thinking, well, wait a minute. If truth be known, I was baptized before I was saved. Maybe as a young person, you were kind of coerced or encouraged to go in the baptismal pool. Or maybe you thought you were saved, but later on in life, you realized you never really were. And you've been saved since. What about you? Well, think about it, friend. You really weren't baptized, were you? Because you didn't know Jesus. Some may disagree, but I believe it'd be a good thing for someone like that to say, you know what? I want to be baptized, truly baptized as a believer. To share my testimony and my faith. So that's a step of obedience as well. Baptism is for believers. Baptism doesn't save. Baptism is not an option for the believer. It's a step of obedience. Secondly, it's a public testimony. A public testimony. You can see this builds upon what I've already said. Baptism is a public testimony. I'm going to baptize the folks in a few minutes. And everybody here looking up this way and watching those folks realize that they're saying to you, I belong to Jesus. They're saying to you, I've repented of my sins. I place my faith in Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'll ask each one who gets in the baptistry today is a question like this. 
Are you following the Lord in believers baptism because you know you've accepted him as your own Lord and Savior? And they'll say yes or I have or they'll nod their head. They'll answer the affirmative. And then I will baptize them, as the Great Commission says, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And they're publicly testifying to everyone here. They belong to Jesus. They're a follower of Jesus. They love Jesus. Now, we live in a country with great freedom. We have a hard time understanding that in some places, baptism is downright dangerous. In fact, even meeting in a group like this today is dangerous. Because if found, they could literally be persecuted, shot, killed because they follow Jesus. Now, I know in our own country, some could lose friends or be cut off from their family by being baptized. But listen, it's a public testimony. It's taking a stand for Jesus Christ. It's a commitment to Jesus Christ. It's letting the world know that he's your Savior and Lord. Which brings us to the next step. It's a step of obedience. It's a public testimony. And it's also a public symbol or picture. It's a public picture. Now, this gets into the mode of baptism, the the way we do baptism. Not all of you know, but I have not always been a Baptist. I was born and I was raised in an evangelical Methodist church. After I trusted Jesus Christ as my own Lord and Savior, I was baptized by sprinkling. And I was sprinkled. And I went on serving the Lord. I ended up pastoring in that same denomination. In fact, as a pastor of that denomination, I have on the very same day sprinkled someone and then immersed somebody else. You see, baptism for me was a long journey to truly understand what the Bible teaches and what baptism is all about. And may I say, the more I study, the more convinced I am. That immersion is the biblical way to be baptized. I was not baptized, by the way, till after I had pastored for over six plus years. We moved over to Knoxville, Tennessee. We began going to Oak Ridge Baptist Church. And it was there, after serving as a pastor, after serving the Lord for a great majority of my life, that I stepped into the baptismal waters and I was immersed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I know some of you here today have a very similar background. You came from another denomination. And you're submitting today to believers' baptism. But I'm convinced the more I study that we're doing it the way God intends for it to be done. The Greek word used in the New Testament uh, for baptism, baptize, baptizo, is most clearly understood to mean submersion in water. The complete immersion of an object, or in this case, a person in water. Because what I want you to see, if you get the mode wrong, you miss the meaning. If you get the mode wrong, you miss the meaning. What do you mean, preacher? Well, one author I was reading talked about going to Switzerland. And he said he went in a church, an Anabaptist church in Zurich, Switzerland. And he discovered that the baptistry was not back here. It was in the foyer of the church. Imagine that you walk in today and there's a baptistry. But listen, it wasn't shaped like this. That baptistry was in the shape. Are you ready for this? Of a casket. And the person would sit down in the lower part of that casket. And the pastor was on the outside of the casket, the baptistry. 
And he would lower that person into that casket baptistry, saying these words, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection to walk in newness of life. You see, it's a picture. It's a picture. One of our little follow up booklets we give to new believers, new Christians, says baptism pictures two things. What Jesus did for you. And secondly, what has happened to you? First of all, it pictures what Jesus did for you. He died for you. He was buried and he rose again. That's what 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 say. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Think about it. Every time we baptize here, we're showing, we're picturing the Gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. As a person is being lowered and then passes under that water, we're picturing Jesus' death and burial. And then as they're lifted up out of the water, it pictures the resurrection of Christ. Hallelujah! Baptism is a happy time. Baptism is a time that we should celebrate. It shows what Jesus did for you, but it also shows what has happened to you. You see, it also shows that you as a believer, you've died to an old way of life and you've been raised to walk in newness of life in Jesus. Romans chapter six, verses three and four say it this way. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we're buried with him by baptism into death, that like as, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk. In newness of life. Listen, Lee Scarborough said it this way. When a person's baptized, he publicly puts a grave between himself and his former life of sin. Wow. A public grave between himself and his former life. And so you're here today and say, why should I be baptized? You're maybe you've already trusted Christ as Lord and Savior, but you've never been baptized. Why should I be baptized, preacher? Number one is commanded by Jesus. He was the example. He commanded it. Number two, it's a step of obedience. The first step you should take. Third, it's a, a public testimony to everybody here that you know Jesus and Jesus knows you. And then it's also a public picture of what Jesus did for you. It pictures the gospel, the death, burial and resurrection of Christ. And at the same time, it shows what happened to you. The same thing. You died to an old way of life and you've been raised up to walk in newness of life in Jesus. One Sunday morning in children's church, a little boy prayed to receive Jesus Christ into his heart. He trusted Christ as Lord and Savior. And the children's pastor said, go tell the pastor you've been saved and you need to be baptized. Little boy ran to the pastor and said these words. Look, I've been saved. I need to get advertised. (laughs) I like that. That's what it is. You're advertising. You're saying, hey, I belong to Jesus. I'm standing with Jesus. I'm standing for Jesus. I'm showing that I've died and I have new life. I'm picturing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're doing what the songwriter said so long ago. That song, you may know it. The words go. Now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. Not for the years of time alone. 
but for eternity. That's what baptism is all about. Why should I be baptized? It's commanded. It's a step of obedience. It's a public testimony and a public picture of what Jesus did for me and what has happened to me. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, please? Nobody looking around, nobody stirring, nobody wrestling papers or candy or anything. But just listen for a moment. Do you know Jesus Christ is your savior? We said, and I said as clearly, clearly as I can, baptism doesn't save. Jesus saves the blood of Jesus, friend. You see, we're going to picture in a moment, but he died for you. He was buried and he came back to life. He was resurrected for you. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We cannot save ourselves. We're lost. We're condemned to hell. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, friend, if you'll place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he will forgive you of your sin and give you a home in heaven. I wonder today, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would you say today, you know what? God's working on my heart. I realize I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I'm undone. I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Moment we're going to have an invitation before we have our baptismal service. I'm going to invite you to come today and talk with someone about Christ and the gospel. But right now, I just want to pray for you as I close the service. Anybody here to say, you know what, preacher, I'm lost. I need Jesus. Would you pray for me? I won't call you by name. I won't come get you. I just want to pray for you as we close the service. Would you lift your hand where you are and lift it high so I can see it? And I'll pray for you as I close the service. Anybody like that here today? All right, I see that hand. Anybody else? All right, let me say this. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I've settled that. I know that's settled. I know I'd go to heaven. But I've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. Maybe you were baptized before you were saved. Maybe as a child or whatever. Maybe you were baptized by another mode, but you realize today some of the meaning was definitely lost and you need to be baptized. We're going to have an opportunity to have an opportunity again very, very soon. But I wonder today if someone lift a hand and say, you know what, preacher, that's me. I need to follow the Lord of Believers baptism. And by lifting my hand today, I'm saying, yes, I'm going to follow Christ in Believers baptism. Anybody like that here today? Lift a hand and say, yes, that's me. I need to be baptized. Anybody like that? All right, let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you and thank you for your goodness and your love. We praise you for working in our lives. Father, I pray for the hand or two that went up. These folks that are not sure about their eternal destiny. I pray, Lord, that you'll bring them during this invitation. And someone can take a Bible and talk with them and show them truly the gospel. And I pray your Holy Spirit to work in their lives now and bring them to a saving knowledge of Christ. Lord, I didn't see a hand go up. But if anybody like that is here today who needs to be baptized, they've already trusted Christ, but they need to be baptized. Lord, I pray that you'd help them to be obedient and take that step of obedience and following you in the Savior's name. Amen. I want to ask our ladies to come to the piano and organ real quickly and just play a verse or two this invitation. I want you to stand today.
Everybody's heads down, eyes closed. Don't be praying. You're here today to be saved. Don't be coming here. Those who are going to be baptized, you can be dismissed and begin preparing for that. You can go. But others, we're all going to stand up about your head and pray. Those who know Christ, you need to come and be saved today. If you walk out of the meet me here, and I'll put you in the talk to you about the gospel and share Christ with you. As they play, would you stand with your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Ladies, begin playing, please.